Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome again to our late night emergency POD cast, our mini pod where we talk about the Detroit Lions NFL draft in 2020. Today we are talking day two. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. I am the interim coach of this POD cast and back with us again after uh, going to bed a little late after day one. Brian Matthews is back at Ryan POD, whatever, you know it. <laughs> yeah if you if you if you listen to the podcast you have me on twitter i think i hope and if you don't come on i'm pretty close to three thousand followers let's make Ooh, it happen let's make it happen uh ryan we are here to discuss day two of the draft let's just call it an up and down day uh for our detroit lines they made the three picks that they had but there was a little bit of trading involved there was a little bit of drama involved that we might get to a little bit in which one side is claiming never even happened. Uh, but we're going to get all to that. Um, let's just start with the beginning because um, podcast listeners are probably eagerly awaiting uh, my thoughts on the Lions first pick of the day, Georgia running back DeAndre Swift. And uh, let me let me just let me just look into the camera. I almost want to go full screen, but we don't have that capability right now. And look directly into Bob Quinn's eyes. Bobby, you had one job. <laughs> Don't take a running back in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. He did it. I, I, he And he didn't do his job. Um, listen, you, I, you don't need me to go on another rant about my thoughts on the value of running back this early in the draft. You know that I, I hate it. I hated when the, the Lions traded up for carry on Johnson, um, even though I like carry on Johnson a lot. And this, it, it's it's very much the same scenario in my mind. Not that the two players are similar, but in the sense that I like DeAndre Swift a lot. He's a three down back that can do just about everything. He can catch the ball. He can pass block. He can run the ball. He can he can be your red zone guy, your short down guy. He's small, but he's big and and a, and a thumper. But I just don't like the value here. I don't like a guy that is going to come in and split carries with carry on. I don't like the value of a guy that's dealt with some nagging injuries in his career because what running back hasn't, that's part of the position. And I don't like the idea of a guy that I don't personally think is going to see a second contract in Detroit because that's 
the, that's the era of football we're in. We, we don't see guys get second contracts very often because teams aren't willing to pay that much because they're not that valuable of a position. So I, I don't like the pick. I do like the player. Um, and I mean, it, it leaves me in a tough spot because I, I want to like this draft class. And there are a lot of things I do really like about this draft class, but I can't justify this pick no matter how much the lines like this guy. Well, let me try to justify this pick because for, for as down as you are on the pick, I can agree with you in the sense that you're not getting great value here because you're taking a running in the second round of the draft. And it's not just the second round. It's, you know, pick 35. Yeah, you're, it's essentially the first round. I know you're really, you're really looking at, um, and, and not to get too caught up in, in all this, like what's the first round or what's the second rounder, but Right. I mean, this is a very high second round pick, and I think you start to look at the opportunity cost, and that's why maybe as we tackle this night, we we don't use the benefit of hindsight because at this point in time, AJ Epinesa is on the board. There's Josh Uche. There there are all these players that we think fit a a more valuable position and fit a bigger need for the Lions at this point in the draft. And they come out and they take a running back. So I think that's where a lot of the pain, and I think that's where a lot of the gripes come from. And and, and that's fair. But let's talk about DeAndre Swift, the prospect. Let's talk about the running back that the Lions got in the draft because a couple of things. One, for as much as everybody liked A.J. Dillon, and I know I'm doing this by comparison, but for as much as everybody liked A.J. Dillon, that is a guy who was absolutely run into the ground in Boston College. Mm-hmm. Now, counterpoint, DeAndre Swift was never a workhorse at Georgia. In his three seasons there, he never played more than 500 offensive snaps. And that's awesome because you're getting a guy that doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body. And I think that that's a really good point and distinction to make. People might be down on the fact that he's a he's a smaller back. He's he's just he's just pushing five nine. Um, with that being said, I think that's kind of how you want your running backs to be in this modern NFL. I think you want the guys who are lower to the ground. They have better contact balance. Um, I, I think DeAndre Swift is the modern NFL running back. As you said earlier, he does everything well. Yeah. Pass pro, runner, uh, mm-hmm. receiver. I think he's easy. Easily, I think he's the best receiving back in, in the draft class. And DeAndre Swift was a guy that if if somebody was going to, if there was going to be a running back that went on day one, I think a lot of people projected him to be the guy. And when it was uh, when it was the running back out of LSU that the Chiefs took at the end of the first round, Edwards, that kind, of, yeah, that that kind of that kind of surprised some people. So sure. I think I think while the position of running back itself is not as valuable as it calls for in the beginning of the second round, I think that getting the best player at that position, I think that's, I think that's an upgrade. I, I, yeah, arguably, but I I think, I think that's an upgrade for the lions running back situation. I know it's difficult to envision what it might look like with, well, you have carry on Johnson. How does Bo Scarborough, how does Ty Johnson figure into all of this? I think that they, at the end of the day, they got a player that can do multiple things. So it's not like you can only have one of those guys on the field at once. Well, I, I'd love to see some split back, which we've been dying for for years and, and never really get. But uh, I think this one stat pretty much tells it all for me. You know how many receiving yards he had at, at Georgia? 
I don't know. Six six six. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Go <laughs> no, dogs. But, uh, I, I'm not done talking about him. I I, I do. Let, let's let's put aside our, our thoughts about the pick and, and let's talk about his role. What what will his role be immediately? Does he push Carryon Johnson out of the starting role? Because the sense I get from Lions camp is that they really really like this guy, and you don't draft a guy 35 overall unless you really really like this guy. And because he can do everything, I do think, and and yes, it's probably going to be more of a 1A, 1B type thing, but I think I think Swift comes in here and is 1A right away. I think I think he really could be, and I think that that's born out of his versatility. This is a guy who's going to line up in the slot. You're mm-hmm. going to see him get split out, and I think that for as long, like you said, Jeremy, for as long as we've been pining for split back sets ever since, I mean, go back to Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick. Right, you know, right. we were we 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 wanted to see that, and I think that with getting DeAndre Swift, the Lions have a legitimate threat now to to do that because they have a guy who is a precise route runner. I think that that's one of the most underrated parts of his game that I keep on reading about is that he has an ability as a route runner out of the slot to consistently beat linebackers. And if you want to go one A and one B, and you split the backs and. DeAndre Swift is out in the slot and carry on Johnson is that threat to, you know, pound the ball in the, in the middle and between the tackles. All of a sudden now you're kind of limiting their carries. You're limiting their wear and tear. Uh, you know, that was something that they, you know, I, I remember, I think it was either a season or two seasons ago talking about carry on Johnson and, and how much they were utilizing him and how they were taking the approach that the season was a marathon. It wasn't a sprint. They wanted to carry on Johnson to be, you know, juiced up and ready to go by the end of the season and and to, for him to not hit that rookie wall. And I think that that's something that you're kind of insulating DeAndre Swift with. You're bringing him into a situation where if on Johnson's healthy, that's awesome. You're not relying sure. on DeAndre Swift to be the guy. You have other you have other plans in place. So I, I, I uh, it's tough. It's tough. I, yeah. I want to like the pick more than I do, but it's just because it's at 35 and I'm trying not to use the benefit of hindsight for the rest of the draft. Right. And because, and and we can move on to the rest of the draft now because uh, I mean, we, we've, we've said what we will about Swift and, and maybe we'll put, maybe we'll make shirts that say, let's get Swifty up in here and, and feel better about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in it, it is also hard to like, not zoom out, look at the big picture and be like, you know what? This offense could actually be pretty damn good. Look at all the weapons they have. Look at all mm-hmm. they, they now they've got two weapons in the backfield. They've got a tight end, maybe maybe a second one, we'll see. And and three receivers coming off great years. So, um it it could be very exciting um in terms of their offensive skill, but let's let's move to the defense now. Um because the Lions went defense with their next pick. And this was probably their most popular pick of the night. Um, great story, great value. Um, lines go Julian Oquara out of Notre Dame. Obviously, the the big story here is that it's uh, Romeo Oquara's brother, which should create an interesting uh, dynamic, both in terms of the locker room and maybe even on-field play, because I think they could potentially be on the field at the same time. Uh, Ryan, what were your initial thoughts when, when Oquara was the pick? Yeah, Oquara, that, pick, that first pick of the third round, I think really... Um, trying to trying to think of the the best way to to illustrate this, but I think it really redeemed Bob Quinn 
I think it did in in a big way because yeah. the Lions got a guy who was in the top thirty on PFF's draft guide. Yeah, uh, a player who I think just the Lions really benefited from an injury that he suffered, and I don't think anybody is necessarily concerned about his durability or anything like that because it was a broken fibula that he suffered um, when he was at Notre Dame. Yep. But they're getting a guy who has a really special athletic profile and is kind of the edge rusher that we've been waiting for the Lions to get for quite some time. Yeah. And I think that's what's most excited, or I, I think I think that's what had that that's what has Lions fans most excited. And, and there's a couple things there that that really should endear Lions fans to this pick. It, it's it's that it's the pass rush. I mean, fans have been knocking on the door, beating down walls poking people with pitchforks, give me a pass rusher finally somewhere early in this draft, and they finally got that guy. I mean, you look at PF, some PFF stats, his quarterback pressure percentages in the past two years, 18.4%. You know what college player in this year's draft had a better percentage than that? Nobody. 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 So the Lions finally got a guy that can rush the passer, but he can also do it from several different um, plays different um, places on defense um, at Notre Dame. They sometimes had him as an off ball linebacker. He's definitely a candidate to take some snaps, sna- uh, snaps at the Jack linebacker position, but he can also put his hand in the dirt. If the Lions decide to go four down, uh, I, I think O'Quara could be that guy coming off the left side and maybe with his brother on the right side. And when, when Trey flowers needs a break, um, the versatility there is important. We, we say it all the time. Um, the quarterback pressure is, is big, and I think you're right. This guy is a first-round pick if he doesn't suffer a broken leg. And by by Bob Quinn's admission, it sounds like he's pretty much cleared up there. Maybe he's not ready to go day one, but um, especially with who knows how this offseason program is going to work. But um, he, he called the, the injury healed at this point. So um, great value here, great fit, um, huge need. Um, yeah, I think rede- redemption is, is absolutely – the word to use for this big pick because I was bummed pretty, pretty hard after the Deandre Swift. And this was like a nice little second wind uh, I got. And I mean, I, I still don't understand it. I still don't understand why Bob Quinn sucks in the second round. It is great in the third <laughs> round, but I mean, he, he did it again. He did it again. And maybe I'm wrong on Swift. Maybe I'm wrong on Swift, but right now the third round looks like he killed it again. And, and Aquara was, was an absolute steal in my, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think he is a steal by a lot of people's opinion because of, you know, what we said. If he doesn't suffer that injury, you're talking about potentially a first round pick. This is a guy who if he would have went to the combine, you know, according to Kent, according to, you know, our own Alex Reno, that's what that's what would have really pushed him into that first round discussion right. because the only thing he was able to do at the combine was bench. And what's really interesting is because, you know, Aquara checks off all these boxes for what the lions want out of a linebacker, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's six, four, two big guy, long arms. You know, you're talking about, you know, over 30, over 34 inch arms, but he still put up 27 reps on the bench press. Now that's some real strength. And I think that that translates to his game when you see him, uh, when you see him kind of translate speed to power. And also when you see his bull rush, I mean, we were watching highlights of his tape after he, um, after the lions picked him and that really jumped off the the tape is that, you know, he has a, he has a great bull rush. He plays with a lot of strength and you know what, for they're, they're obviously different players, but AJ Epinesa was, a, was, 
he's literally the definition of a power end and mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily have the athleticism that Aquara has. So I found it really interesting that they prioritize some, a, a guy like Aquara who really is like a straight up pass rusher. Yeah. He isn't the best run defender it's and true. something he'll have to I, work on. Yeah. That's something that he'll have to work on. But I, I think it's really interesting that they, this was a pick that was almost like fan service. Cause this is something <laughs> right. we, that, that Lions fans have wanted since Harold Landry, since they wanted, you know, um, you know, any, any pass rusher that you want to fill in the blanks on, on draft night and the Lions just haven't done it. And they finally did it tonight, the third round. And I think they got a really good player in Julian Aquara. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. And the last thing I want to say on Aquara is is when we had Brett Whitefield join us on their on our live show earlier today, he talked about his technique, right? The way he uses his hands, the way he uses his arm length, um, just the way he his overall technique and how it fits exactly what the lines teach. And so if he's healthy, we're we're talking a day one impact. And and that's that's huge to get all the way in the third round at, at one of the team's biggest position needs. So uh I'm I'm I couldn't be happier with this pick and uh, going into their, their final pick of the day. Like I said, I was, was starting to feel a little bit better. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that final pick that he made on day two. And then we're going to talk about going forward. What does, what does this team accomplish? What does this team still need to accomplish? And, and what are our thoughts on, on how everything has gone this off season so far? So stick around. We're come back and talking more day two NFL Detroit Lions draft. Stick with us. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back with the day two recap of the POD cast, talking Detroit Lions drafts. We talked about the first two picks. We talked about DeAndre Swift. We talked about Julian O'Quara. Now, let me sure I finally get his name right, because on our live stream, I called him about 20 different names with their second third round pick. They traded up to get Jonah Jackson. Did I get it? You nailed it. Yes. All right. So they get another Ohio State guy. They get a, a right slash left guard, uh, a guy who Bob Quinn called. Let me let me get this. He called nasty. He called very similar to Graham Glasgow, which was kind of interesting because I'm not sure I agree with him there. Um, but they get their starting guard that they so desperately needed in this draft class, and suddenly I take a, that 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 breath of relief because I I thought drafting a running back was putting a cart before before the horse, but it turns out they put the cart and the horse out there on the same day. They get a running back, they get an offensive guard. Their offensive line is is not quite fixed yet, but it's 
better than it certainly looked like at the beginning of the day. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And hey, not to toot my own horn, but my mock draft that I came out with earlier today, I I had 10 spots off because the Lions had to trade up to get them. <laughs> How do you feel about the trade up to get a guard? Um, I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I was just starting to run in the, the numbers right before Bob Quinn's press conference. And by, I think the Lions won it by the Jimmy Johnson chart and just barely lost it by the uh, the Rich Hill chart. I did see uh, an ESPN analyst guy saying that uh, the Colts got a fifth round pick worth better in that deal than, than the Lions did according to their own approximate value chart. But to me, when you're mixing around day three picks, I'm going to be honest, I don't care that much. Whether whether the line whether it costs the lines a fifth round pick, which it literally did, or or a swap of six day pitch picks, which it also did, they had to drop a little bit in the sixth round. I don't really care that much. You're you're talking about um, special teams guys at that point, long shots to make the roster, projects, um, mm-hmm. projects, all that sort of stuff. Lines still have an additional fifth round pick, so they, they still have a pick in every round. I'm fine with it. Um, it, it it wasn't it wasn't egregious in any sort of way, so. We talked about it all offseason. This interior offensive line class wasn't that good. And you could argue that there's some other guys still on the board that they should have gone with. I'm I'm not a big nitpicker there. I, I do like what I've seen um, out of this guy. But in general, uh, in terms of the trade, in terms of the position, I'm I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm real happy with Jonah Jackson. I, I think that he, he fits here for a couple of reasons. One, uh, just to improve the pass blocking in front of Matthew Stafford. That's, right. that's gotta be a huge concern after the way that, you know, his past two seasons have finished with, you know, with significant injuries. And um, I, I think keeping him upright and keeping him healthy has to be a priority and taking a look at the pass blocking and the allowed pressures from last season, according to PFF, Detroit was 21st in pass blocking. Um, but really their strength was in their tackles. Like Taylor Decker graded out as one of the better pass blockers in, in uh, the NFL. Uh, so did Frank Rag now from the interior as the center. You know, getting getting a guy who I think is going to be an upgrade as a pass blocker over Graham Glasgow, does that offset the – now, you know, you take a running back like DeAndre Swift. Jonah Jackson, while, you know, Bob Quinn described him as nasty, I don't know if I would necessarily – say he's a you know he's a mauler in the run game or he's a run grader necessarily right. but I think you're getting maybe the best interior offensive lineman when it comes to pass blocking sets the the statistic that I absolutely love is that he had 1020 pass block snaps and he allowed just one combined snap uh, sack and hit over over the course of his entire collegiate career Insane. that's pretty darn impressive right Absolutely. And I mean, those are the kind of stat stat that we saw for another draft pick that the Lions made on the offensive line, Frank Ragnow. And we're all pretty happy with that pick, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I think what they did is they drastically improved a position of need. Because while for the longest time I've been saying, hey, it just looks like the Lions are happy with their guards. Clearly they weren't. Clearly they went out and they got a guy that they think can come in and I think he's immediately going to play. I think that oh, he'll no be, question. I think, I think he'll be a starting guard uh, by week one. And whenever he brings, <laughs> he brings the, yeah, he brings the left and right guard versatility. I believe his final year 
at Ohio State. He was left guard. While he's at Rutgers, he was mostly right guard. But I want to talk about that transition and what it means for him as a person because it's something that Bob Quinn brought up as a big reason um, in terms of his character, in terms of um, you know his, his overall demeanor and, and, and love for football. He could have gone into the NFL draft after a couple of years at Rutgers, but he decided in his graduate year he wanted to transfer to Ohio State. And why? He wanted – the state he wanted the big stage he wanted the the better competition and i know Rutgers and, and uh, ohio state play in the same conference but he got to play in the playoffs he got to go up against some big clemson off a uh, defensive lineman and he held his own and mm-hmm. it absolutely paid off for him he made the absolute right decision he comes in as as a former captain of Rutgers, steps into ohio state one of the best colleges in 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 the football nation and and just immediately comes in and, and plays at at a great level that sort mm-hmm. of um confidence that sort of skill that sort of uh you know just uh motivation uh is something that that understandably drew him to the lions and and makes you think that you know he's he's not going to walk into the nfl and think it's too big for him right yeah that's that's a great point i'm um i'm a little bit more i'm a little bit higher on it than i think some other people are but like we said at the end of the day this addressed a position of need and it's going to, it's going to set up your offensive line. Now you're looking at it from left to right. You got Taylor Decker, Joe Dahl, Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, and, and Vitae. It's changed. Is it better? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see with Vitae. I'm glad that they're keeping him at, at right tackle, presumably, um, because I do think it's his better position. Um, and you know, this offensive line was never great. It was, it was certainly seemed to be trending in the right direction last year. And it's, it's tough that, that they had to, or maybe they didn't even have to, that they decided to, um, make some big changes, but they, they invested in it. They invested heavily in, in a right tackle. Nine million years is nothing to shake your leg at. And they invested a a day two draft pick on it. So Bob Quinn is continuing to do what he's been doing since he's gotten here. And that's investing in the offensive line. Let's just hope that he finally got it right. Yeah. And the the one other thing too, I'll say real quick, Jeremy is getting Jonah Jackson is, is an awesome get for the lions. I think because you take a look at the way that Bob Quinn addressed the depth of that position. Like he brought back the guys that mm-hmm. can serve as depth, you know, Odea Bushi um, going out and getting Garnett. I think, Wiggins. yeah. And Wiggins kind of, kind of, giving yourself a little bit of cushion and sure. you know what it doesn't necessarily if Jonah Jackson isn't ready by week one for whatever reason there's some contingency plans in place they're not great you know but right. at, know at least right at, at least at least they have some familiarity with the offense and and they can move forward with that but I think Bob Quinn has done I mean he he essentially had to like tear down one half of his offense or you know one side of his offensive line and he rebuilt it over the course of a couple months and we'll see whether or not it's, it's different. Like you said, we'll, we'll see if it's better. The tape will tell. Yep. All right. Let's back it up. Let's talk about the full picture here. Let's talk about all four picks, what the lines have done and where they're going from now. Um, Let's just, you know, let's just do it. Let's throw a grade for day one and day two combined. What are your thoughts on, on the lions hall so far? Did they accomplish what they needed to do? Are they a much better team than they were two days ago? Um, What are your thoughts? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give out a grade that's probably going to be higher than most people's probably higher than the national average, maybe even higher than some of your Kool-Aid drinkers, but I'm going to give them an a minus over the first two days. Okay. 
And wow. I do I do that for a few reasons. One, they got the best cornerback in the draft. Mm-hmm. I really like Jeff Okuda. I'm I'm super excited about that pick. Even getting him at three, not trading back, all that stuff aside, at the end of the day, you have the best cornerback in the draft class on your team. The DeAndre Swift pick, I'm viewing him as less of a running back and more just as an offensive weapon in space. So if if I'm doing that, I'm not going to be as harsh as to give it an F or to even give it something like a D. Like I think that's more like a CC plus because I, the only reason why is because I'd probably rather prefer one of the wide receivers at that point if you're going to go offensive playmaker. Um, but then Okwara is an A just based mm-hmm. on – you know, uh, based on value, based on talent, based on whatever you want to draw up, that's what they needed. And Jonah Jackson is, you know, I think a slam dunk to potentially be the starting guard right out of the gate. So, I mean, you, you got players who are going to play big roles for the Lions whenever, you know, football starts back up. But Okuda is going to be getting a lot of snaps. So's DeAndre Swift. So's Okwara. So's Jonah Jackson. If if he's ready to go, like these are guys who are going to be big time contributors for the Lions when football starts again. And that's why I'm that's why I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic because they're they're getting they're getting players that are to contribute. Yeah, day one contributors are, are across the board, and and I think the biggest thing for me, and you don't always want to draft for need, but this line, this Lions team had some major needs that it needed to to make up for. They lost Darius Slay, they lost Graham Glasgow. They go out in the media get get replacements for both those guys, and maybe they're not get as good as as their predecessors right away, but they have the potential to be as good, if not better. Um, mm-hmm. They go out and they get an edge guy who we've been clamoring for forever, and they get him probably at least a round before he should have gone, or after he should have gone, mm-hmm. um, and, and a perfect fit, a great story, um, good guy. And and again, across the board, we're getting high-class characters um, who've, who've been former captains, um, guys that are devoted to the game. My only complaint is the running back, and and I don't need to go over it again, but... Um, in the end, you're, you're getting guys that, that, as you said, immediate contributors, big areas of need. I have to give it at least a B, probably a B plus. Um, my only complaints being the, the, the running back and, and maybe not being able to, to work a little more value out of that third overall pick. But as we talked about yesterday, they just they didn't have a deal on the table, so there's not much they could do there. Yeah, and I know you don't like playing this game, but we have to address it on the podcast because I think we've talked about it everywhere else. But, I mean, can we play the Jelani Tavai Armani Araria game where we can just swap around picks? Yeah. I mean, if, if you want if you want to pretend Romeo Aquara was taken 35th overall and, and Swift was either the, the next third-round pick or the one after that, sure, if it makes mm-hmm. you feel better. It's still, it's, it's still not going to remove it completely for me. Um, but, you know, it... It's it's ultimately the same players, and you're going to pay them all the same collective amount. So, sure, yeah, do it. it I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, if this is the English teacher in me or not. But <laughs> the one other thing I want to say about day one and day two so far, the Lions have really they they've really grabbed some players who have connections. Like, I mean, getting the old Quaro brothers, you got Jonah Jackson and Definitely. Jeff Okuda, who both yep. come from the yep. same college. You have DeAndre Swift, who's a Georgia Bulldog, and you have the connection there with Matthew Stafford. Like, I mean, it seems like they're trying to kind of build this like fraternity almost. Um, <laughs> right. Which, I mean, obviously, you know, you want 
you talk about building a culture and I, I think that, I don't think that that can be understated sure. or overestimated. Right. All right. Last thing before we get out of here uh, and get some sleep, let's talk about going forward. Let's talk about day three of the draft. The Lions have three more, no, four more picks left, fourth, fifth, sixth, and the seventh round pick. Um, a couple of those are, are now later in the round. So really the major one where the Lions need to still probably get a contributor is that third pick in, in day three, the, the fourth round, third overall pick. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about need there. Um, In terms of where this roster still potentially needs a boost, is there a position on this roster where you're like, yeah, they need at least one more guy there? I think Except why not including punter. Right. Yeah. I think, I think, I think wide receiver and I think okay. wide receiver from the aspect that you're, you're going to be able to accomplish two things, right? One, you can never count on receivers, especially ones that are going to be drafted this low to be immediate contributors. That's not going to be a problem. That's not going to be a problem at all for anybody who gets drafted at this point, because you got Danny Amendola, you got Kenny Galladay, you got Marvin Jones, you have, you have players in front of them. So it kind of it, it kind of eases the burden of of that player in year one. Um, I don't know if at this point in the draft you're going to get anybody who is an immediate contributor like you did on these first two days. I think at this point you're starting to draft projects. You're starting to set yourself up for um, you know the future. So I I mean I'm really interested in seeing how the Lions tackle day three. Just from that aspect, are they going to go back up? Are, are they going to get a project quarterback? Are they going to take a special teams player like a punter? Um, you know, are they going to maybe be targeting us, you know, special teams type of players, whether or not it's a linebacker or it's a cornerback or, you know, somebody who can play on punt team or, or kickoffs or whatever it may be. Um, I think, I think at this point in the draft, not saying that the Lions still don't have areas they can upgrade it's just i don't think they'll be able to upgrade them with picks that are this late in the draft there's one position where i think they can and i think they have to defensive tackle okay as we as we said a lot during the today's stream during the draft they need one more fatty they (laughs) need they need a run stuffer they need a guy that can you know relieve Danny Shelton, because I don't believe in the Lions' depth, even if they may. And I mean, we, we we've thrown this name around all you know mock draft season. I think Lakey Fotu is is their guy, three thirty, mm-hmm. uh, coming out of Utah. He's he. I mean, he he fits. He's yeah. he's, he's the big fatty, <laughs> <clears throat> just a big space eater. And that that might be it. If if you if you're the Lions, I I wonder if that's where they go in round four and. That's probably about his value, right? Four, maybe round five. That that could be a good landing spot for him. So we'll see. I yeah. I, I think <clears throat> I think like you said, the Lions probably believe in their defensive line talent a little bit more than we do. I think they might really believe in John Atkins. They might really think that they're going to get a season's worth out of Deshaun Hand. Um, maybe they're even thinking, hey, we couldn't address the defensive line with any of our you know day one or day two picks so we're going to bring back mike daniels i think that's still a legitimate possibility sure um yeah we'll just kind of have to wait and see um darius shelton was the guy is that his last name i'm it's late the uh the former jacksonville guy who's a free agent um oh, jerry marcel, da- marcel, marcel darius. darius thank you uh 
Also, uh, I don't know. I don't who is Darius Jackson a person? Did I just make up a person? You said Darius Shelton, which Darius I thought Shelton. was like oh. a combination of Darius Slay and Danny Shelton. <laughs> Maybe it which is. is a, I don't which know. is an awesome player. I think that he would be even better than Isaiah Simmons in terms of versatility. He could play <laughs> nose tackle and corner. <laughs> it's two o'clock. Give me a break. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I am. If the Lions escape this draft without adding a fatty, he he's my fatty to to add and. <laughs> I need to stop saying the word fatty. You just want to keep saying that word. It's, <laughs> it's clearly a field fault. It made me giggle. Uh, all right. We we shall see what the Lions do with that fourth round pick and so much more tomorrow on Saturday. Um, be t- stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have, it, at the very least, a Sunday full POD cast an hour. Um, we're not going to have a live Twitch stream during Saturday's draft, but we might take a peek here or there while the lines are on the clock. So make sure you're following us there. Make sure you're, you're subscribed to our podcast. Make sure you leave a review because we're putting in a lot of work just for you. And you need to be grateful. Just kidding. Okay. We love you guys. We'll see you guys on Sunday. You guys have a great night. Have a great draft weekend and go lions. Bye. Bye. <laughs>